Good evening, dummies. This is Matthew Spear from Don't Unfriend Me. Please relax. Dummies is not an insult. I will explain everything in a little bit of a video that's coming up in just a few seconds. Tonight, well, what are we doing tonight? We're talking about COVID, of course, and this reaction that COVID is the responsibility of the unvaccinated and all these comments that were made. There's been some changes with the Omicron variation, and I think I want to talk about it with you tonight. Please stick around. Hang tight. I will be right back after these messages. Also, you can fast forward to this many minutes if you want to skip these messages. And for all of you live, thank you for stopping by. I will be right back. Hey, dummies, this is Matt from Don't Unfriend Me. What is a dummy? A dummy is a Don't Unfriend Me. It's an acronym. It's not an insult. So if you hear me say it throughout the show, please don't take offense. Second, if you would do me a favor and like, share, and subscribe, you can find all of my sites, Facebook, YouTube, Apple, Instagram, all the podcasts you can think of, and Rumble. Stop on by, say hello. It's at Don't Unfriend Me Show. I would greatly appreciate it. Last but not least, you can go to don'tunfriendme.com and follow my blog, all of my videos there. You can also hit the shop where I've got Don't Unfriend Me gear like this shirt that you can peruse and find something that you enjoy and support the show. All Made in America, 10% goes to Travis Mannion Foundation for every purchase and veterans get a discount. So thank you. There's my quick advertisement. I'll play this before the show instead of doing it live and hopefully it makes things go faster. Thanks, dummies. I appreciate it. Recorded from an undisclosed location. Always honest always direct so sit back relax don't unfriend me starts right now well thank you thank you thank you for watching i appreciate it once again my name is matthew spear and we are going to get to the show right away now that you know what a dummy is and the dumb nation you can join, like, share, and subscribe and follow me. I'm on 8.30 Eastern, Monday through Friday, and we have a live show and a recorded show. Let's get to it tonight. The emperor has no clothes. I've always been an advocate of Aesop's fables and parables. Maybe it is the simplicity or the formulaic cadence within, but there are many iterations that are relevant today. One that strikes me often is the story of Adam. A complainer blamed all ills on Adam. The Lord of the manor gave him good life, so as long as he avoided one dish of food. He didn't and could no longer blame Adam. And it's easy to blame others, but hard to take blame is the lesson. Of course, the name Adam is synonymous with the story of Adam and Eve and the forbidden fruit. But like most of Aesop fables, and in turn, they borrow from each other over time. The story strikes home today after watching a video of Joe Biden that I wanted to share with you right now. Together, not pull us apart. I'll put in place a plan to deal with this pandemic responsibly. I've already done it. I've said it before. I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm not going to shut down the country, but I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm not going to shut down the economy. 
I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. What I would say is I'm going to shut down the virus, not the country. I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'll shut down the virus, not the economy. I'm going to shut down the virus. Once we- Look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. Well, that's a far cry from what we heard. There is no solution, and Joe Biden is passing the buck to the states. When we suffer under under any kind of inconvenience, we are generally very ingenious in discovering how it was not our own misconduct that brought it upon us and can easily see cause to attribute it to that of another. When perhaps it has been wholly ourselves we have to blame to begin with. And if we could have searched a little deeper and with a little less partiality, we would have appeared evidently so to our senses. We can clearly enough perceive the misconduct in others and trace the consequent ill effects of it. But in our own case, every calamity that attends us seems to be fated by our unlucky stars. And as if nothing we could have done would have prevented the evil. It's the same mechanism for racism and homophobia and other social problematic thinking. People get scared and they look at the people that are not like them. This is the problem with labeling people who have a healthy dose of skepticism. Labels just continue to divide and marginalize people. No one called people who didn't get their yearly flu shot anti-vaxxers. The reality is vaccine or not, this virus will mutate. Immunity, vaccinated or natural, is the mechanism for mutation because the virus looks for ways to infect the body, and when it encounters an immune response, it adapts. It may not damage the body, but it gets better at fast infection and replication, so it spreads before it gets wiped out from the immune system. The idea of blaming non-vaccinated people is silly and dangerous. Most epidemiologists knew from day one that everyone was going to, who was not going to get it in one shape or form and that they were going to hope for herd immunity response. Obviously, any disease must be taken extremely seriously. However, I belong to the camp that Omicron is relatively good news. If you look at the worldometer, which isn't a word, this graphical data for COVID cases, you will see that case counts have been increasing globally since late October. This surge includes both Delta cases and Omicron cases, with Omicron displacing Delta rapidly during the period. Omicron has been circulating for well over a month now, long enough for a mortality rise to be seen. However, since late October, daily death counts have not only not risen globally, they've clearly fallen from about 8,000 to 6,000. When you look at the same parameters in countries where Omicron has hit especially hard, in the UK, South Africa, you see an even more dramatic disparity between high case counts and low death counts. To me, the strong, admittedly still somewhat early, indication is that the virus has evolved towards lower lethality, which, for solid biological reasons, is what has happened in every single pandemic since the dawn of apes. Clinical reports from the left field state that the cases are overall far less severe and that the Omicron infection does not appear to focus on the lungs, but the air passages between the nose and the lungs. A very important positive detail, to my thinking at least. For some reason, the mass media seem to loathe to report these trends, and I wonder why. 
Can you say ratings, money, power, and votes? I knew you could, boys and girls. But there is something deeper here and more sinister than people are willing to admit. And for that I say, the emperor has no clothes. Matt, what are you talking about? Well, let me explain. This expression is used to describe a situation in which people are afraid to criticize something or someone because the perceived wisdom of the masses is that the thing or person is good or important. It comes from a short story by Danish author Hans Christian Andersen, which was first published in Copenhagen in April 1837 in Andersen's third and final installment of Fairy Tales Told for Children. In it, there existed an emperor who loved wearing the fine clothes and spent all of his people's money on them. He had a different set for each hour and was, without doubt, the finest dressed man in the land. One day, two swindlers claiming to be weavers entered the emperor's city and proclaimed they were capable of making the finest, lightest, most magnificent cloth the world had ever seen. So extraordinary was this cloth, it was invisible to anyone who was incompetent or stupid. Hearing of the weaver's amazing talent, the foolish emperor thought he could use such cloth to weed out undesirables in his city. He paid the swindlers an enormous sum, and they set out to create the clothes, knowing they would only need to go through the motions. The emperor sent several advisors to gauge their progress, and all the advisors reported the cloth magnificent. Not wanting to appear unworthy, foreseeing nothing at all, the cloth didn't exist. Finally, the clothes were finished, and the swindlers already having counted the gold and jewels they had received, a procession was arranged to show off the emperor's new clothes, and the entire city gathered in the center to view them. Having been dressed by the swindlers, who remarked how wonderful he looked and how light the cloth appeared on him, he appeared before the people. The people, having heard of the weaver's abilities and the cloth's fictitious properties, were amazed and offered thunderous applause to the now beaming emperor. None of them were willing to admit that they hadn't seen a thing, for if anyone did, then he was either stupid nor unfit for the job he held. Never before had the emperor's clothes been such a success. While expressing admiration at their emperor's new invisible clothes, a small boy cried out, but... The emperor has no clothes. Over the last six months, there has been a steady rise in anti-vaxxer rhetoric, labeling, labeling anyone who not only refuses to get the vaccine, but those who are just hesitant as Trump supporters, Republicans, red states, flyover states, typhoid Marys, and other ridiculous monikers designed to obfuscate and divide us even further. Here are some quotes randomly taken from Google. Quote, anti-vaxxers put themselves and others at risk during a global pandemic for no reason, just their own selfish self-indulgence. Quote, why do I hate them? Let me count the ways. They're stupid and they're obnoxious. Quote, because anti-vaxxers act no better than willing accessories to murder. Quote, because their policies result in the deaths of children. Quote, I don't hate them. Many of them will die from COVID. I only hope they haven't reproduced. And my all-time favorite from Jeremy, professor of English Columbia University, quote, people hate anti-vaxxers because taking this position on vaccines suggests other things about their personality. 
Anti-vaxxers are less likely to return a shopping cart at Walmart. They are less likely to pick up after their dog craps on the sidewalk. They are less likely to hold the door open for another person at the grocery store. They are less likely to give up their seat on the bus for an old man or a pregnant woman. You think Jeremy would spell Walmart correctly. It's one L genius instead of two. Well, Jeremy, that sure sums it up, doesn't it? Oh, sorry, I ended my sentence in a preposition. Let me rephrase. Well, Jeremy, that sure sums it up, doesn't it? Asshole. Let's face the truth. Some people taking a vaccine suddenly develop a hero complex, thinking they've just saved the world, and that gives them the right to dictate to everyone else and take away the choice they were given. Just like the people who have to vote, not because it's their civic duty, but because they want the chance to take a selfie photo with the I voted sticker. They need to check a box. These are the same people who change their profile pic to France or black it out somehow to feel they have done their part to combat injustice or intolerance in the world. In the end, it's just a placebo for the real effort it takes to make change. They are the people who are fine with this, and once they check that box, they then project their virtue onto others who haven't followed suit. Then there are the opposite types of people, people like you and me. One of the first things a child learns to say and understand is the word no. Toddlers are told not to throw the ball in the house, but they do it again anyway. Teenagers roll their eyes when asked to wear a seatbelt, and when no one is looking, they unbuckle. Adults get angry and defensive when told to eat veggies and to exercise, so they refuse. And as humans, we crave independence and autonomy. We want to be the ones calling the shots and making the rules. Since we were little, we've participated in some form of another of the same song and dance. We don't like someone else telling us what to do, so we don't do it or we just act out. And although the idea of rebelling against authority or rules is not new, the coronavirus pandemic has given it a modern, urgent twist. We're being told to wear a face mask, practice social distancing, and stay at home. We're even being told not to hug grandpa or get together for the holidays. The pandemic has been tough on everyone, but even more so for our inner rebel, rebel who just can't stand being told what to do. So how do we tame our need to revolt, especially when it has to do with our safety and those around us or perceived safety? Well, let me tell you what you don't do. You don't blame us. You don't call us something we are not. You don't label us and wish us death to our families and harm. You don't lump us all in one group when that notion is not only a blatant lie, but complete and utter garbage. The one way to get through to people who resist is to educate, engage, and answer. People who are naturally resistant to change need to follow the model of the change agility curve, and the journey is different for everyone. Some people move to phase three of acceptance and commitment right away. Others need to go through denial or fear first, but eventually we at least get to acceptance, but maybe still not embrace it for ourselves. The one thing you can never do is to try to use fear, anger, disdain, or loathing when people are going through the change curve. You will either regress or make them steadfast in their resolve to never comply or continue to remain where they are, no matter what information or lack thereof that they may or may not possess. This could have been avoided. There was no need to label us anti-vaxxers or stating that this is now an unvaccinated pandemic. We could say, we told you so. 
now that Omicron is impacting and affecting the vaccinated at a much higher rate than the unvaccinated or the naturally immune. Should we now blame Omicron on vaccinated or Joe Biden? Of course not. And you don't and won't hear that from us. The left speaks of tolerance and acceptance. They pretend the First Amendment is a steady part of their platform, but we all see every day that this is the farthest thing from the truth. It's like they actually believe that we want people to die or that we didn't lose people to COVID ourselves. How foolish and short-sighted. The truth is we are all built differently. It has nothing to do with pro-political allegiance or blind loyalty to a figurehead. In fact, Trump has been saying to get the vaccine now for over a year and nobody's listening. Why? Because we have questions. We have doubts. And the more we listen, the more we hear that waiting was actually a good thing for us. When we are faced with a choice in life, like getting vaccinated, we should always weigh the risks and compare them to the benefits. Sometimes, if the risk and benefits are close to being equal, we may have a difficult decision to make. The U.S. Supreme Court once used the term unavoidably unsafe when referring to vaccines. The general interpretation of this is that we will sometimes take the risk of injecting viruses into our body, since we think that it is highly likely that it will result in a greater good. Polio was essentially conquered by using vaccines. We should always make sure that we are properly informed when making important decisions, whether it be vaccinations or any other health topic. There is a lot of disinformation being disseminated to the public concerning vaccines, and likewise, there is a lot of good scientifically-based information for the void. When you want to be informed about a medical topic, go to a source which is trustworthy and has physicians or health scientists contributing their opinions. Be careful with popular internet sites like YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, etc., where much of the opinions expressed are unfounded and lack scientific scrutiny. Hell, be careful with my show as well. I'm not a doctor. I didn't sleep at a Holiday Inn Express last night. But what I am most definitely not is a person who will tell you something just to garner a like and a follow. I will weigh my options and listen intently to all of the evidence. And when someone forces my hand, I will more than likely withdraw versus tilt. That is the surefire way to get the opposite reaction from what you are searching for. You can't tell me who I am. You can't decide what is best for me. You can provide information or you can insult. But there is one clear way to reach me, and the latter is not the one. So spin your fables and thread your needles. Provide the best laid plans and promise of fineries. But when the day comes and you parade your exposed rump for the world to see, you bet you, the aforementioned rump that I will say, Dr. Fauci has a very weird looking ass and his balls are gross. Folks, that's all I have for you tonight. Thank you for watching the show. Please do me a favor. Come back tomorrow and watch episode 274. We're going live Friday night. We will see you then. Until then, be blessed, have a wonderful, wonderful New Year's, and also come on back and see me real soon. Have a good night, folks.